Welcome to the Lynn Sanity, a podcast for the Running Hook Podcast Network. Hello, and welcome into another edition of the Lynn Sanity Podcast, part of the Running Hook Podcast Network. And before we get into the podcast, I want to give a quick shout out to you incredible listeners. Uh, please don't be afraid to rate, review, and subscribe to our content, sharing it, trying to share across multiple platforms, whether it's our social media, whether it's uh, the Running Hook Podcast Network socials, um, you know, TikTok is uh, being used right now. So there's plenty of ways to see our content, catch our content. We'd appreciate any uh, comments that you have on that, uh, whether you agree or disagree with any takes that we have, whether it's uh, something that you're noticing, maybe something you want to include more in, whatever it is, uh, we will appreciate that feedback and whatever uh, that looks like. So, uh, Bryce, we got a, I uh, got a couple things we're talking about on the college basketball world today. Uh, one kind of going over the, uh, Atlantic coastal conference, which, uh, Brad Brownwell feels is the best conference in college basketball after you've seen his comments. And then, uh, you got the, uh, the power five, you got the, the non power fives, mid-major teams, teams that, you know, were not necessarily, you know, not necessarily in that star studded spotlight, but, uh, you know, obviously they're going to be around for March Madness and we're, we're going to look at some, some guys, some players as well, who, who could potentially make a, a legitimate story and, and become a real asset, uh, maybe in the professional career or maybe another year in college. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. We got a pack pack show here tonight for sure. ACC, some non power five guys, like you said, a little disappointed in the ACC this year, Caleb. Oh. A little disappointed. Oh. I'm with you. I mean, it's a, you talk about some of this conference. I mean, I mean, just, I'm just going to list off the bottom six of this conference. I mean, Virginia Tech, Boston College, Notre Dame, 11 and 17, first year under Shrewsbury, Miami, after their Final 14. Seasons, Seven losses in a row right now. This hurricane team. They are, oh like dear, a train wreck. Lord. Uh, Georgia, Georgia Tech, and Louisville dead last in this conference. I mean, some big, some bigger names over the past few years that have become, I mean, frankly, irrelevant. Uh, but I think that kind of speaks to the volume of some of these teams that we're very familiar with in the ACC not being around at all in tournament conversation. Yeah, I mean, and you're talking about some of the best coaches, best tournament coaches that we've seen over the past few years. You look at Jim Laranega, you think about Leonard Hamilton at Florida State, you know, Notre Dame, they've been, they haven't been good in a while. You know, Shrewsbury is, you know, trying to build something there just like he did with Penn State. So that's just going to take some time. Louisville is just an absolute disaster. It's a disaster show over there. And, oh, and I mean, you, people aren't even showing up for their games, Caleb. And think about that. Like, fan base. Oh, I mean, oh, livid, fan base. livid. That, that's it. That's a great fan base. I mean, if you can't get people to show up to your games, that's a, yeah, you're, that's a concern. Yes, you've alienated. Yeah. And the money's not going to show up. Yeah. The money surely isn't going to show up if they're not showing up for the game. So, yeah, I mean, just kind of surprising. But then, you know, you, you look at teams like Clemson and Wake Forest, not your typical cream of the crop with the ACC, uh, but right now in the tournament at the moment, Wake Forest, massive win against Duke to put them massive. In, in a position to make the tournament. I think they're one of the final four, one of the final four teams to get yes. in right now. Yes. So like it's. It, it, all these wins matter. And obviously we have the controversy with the core storming and Filipowski's ankle, even though he's playing tonight against Louisville and yeah. Duke is currently dominating them. Uh, not surprising at all, but you know, maybe much to do about nothing there. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. What, how, well, how do you feel? about? I don't think we talked about this. No, we haven't. Do you have not talked about it really at all? Um, how, do you, I, how do you feel about that? I do think, there has to be some level of, you know, it, it can't feel as like a cluster, which is kind of what the court storming feels like. And I do think it's not, you know, I'm not, I don't, I'm not in love with court storming, but at the same time, like 
I just feel like as a school and as an institution, you have to be prepared for it. And the simple fact is Wake Forest was not prepared. And I have a really difficult time understanding how you're not prepared for it when Duke comes to your town. I'm just, I just don't get it. I mean, Duke, when, when anybody beats Duke, Bryce, people are going to do that. Right. I mean, currently where they are right now, a top 10 basketball program in the country, they are going to do that. Same with North Carolina. They're going to do that. And I just think that is on Wake Forest for not being properly ready for it and setting up a, a way that if you felt like you could still court storm to let the players get out, um, you know, hopefully, and it seems like uh, Kyle Flapowski is going to play and, and is, you know, not going to miss any time. So I'm not sure where I, if I, I didn't love it at first. Wasn't a huge fan of it at first, but obviously it seems like things have worked out, I guess. Not a ton of distraction, nothing too crazy there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I, I don't necessarily know that we need to get rid of it. I think it does need to be organized a little bit. I think, and and I, I think you're right. I think there has to be a level of preparedness, but I also think there should be a standard, right? If like for Wake Forest, I don't mind them court storming because one, they're unranked. You just beat Duke, who's always been top of the ACC, right? But if yep. if like North Carolina fans, you know, court storm because they beat Duke, foolish. I'd agree with that. Foolish. I'd agree with that. It is foolish. I agree. Uh, I mean, it needs to be a major upset. And I, and I think that needs to be an announcement. Like if you, if you court storm, we will find every, uh, we will find all of you. It, and you know, give you the penalty. Yeah. You, yeah. You'd be banned student, non-student doesn't matter. We'll find you. you that's know? bad. So I, yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe that that's too much of an ass too, but I mean, yeah, well, I think there's gotta be something, something minor to be put in place. But then at the same time, you, you got to be smarter. Did Texas Tech wait too long against Texas to handle that situation? Fans throwing debris on the court, Bryce. You know, they did it the yeah, first that's time. That's just not they something think you about expect. It. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I mean, mean, it's a tough scene. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, you know, I, I don't. They're going to have to think of something, some sort of regular, you know, some sort of rule regulation um, to, to keep everybody in safe. And honestly, uh, to keep the integrity of the court, you know, and, and uh, you know, to let that be focused on what you ultimately want it to be for, which is uh, the game of basketball. And right now, Bryce, we got five teams in the ACC that are going to make this NCAA tournament, uh, according to uh Joe, uh, Joe Lenardi. Uh, Joe Lenardi has some feud with the ACA, ACC. Uh, ACC coaches aren't necessarily loving Joe Lenardi, but uh, you got you got the top two, you know, is currently power rated, right? Are the two blue bloods, you know, in college basketball in this conference, North Carolina and Duke. Um, let's start off with Carolina. Carolina's ninth, 14 and three in the conference, 22 and six. Um, 12 and one at home, three game win streak right now. Bryce, this was a team last year full of disaster, constant disaster. Uh, <laughs> the talent didn't match, the talent didn't match with each other. Uh, it didn't feel like the team wanted to play with one another, too much independent thinking instead of like minded focus. Carolina this year brings in a couple transfers. Harrison Ingram, Cormac Ryan from Notre Dame. These guys are starting, playing high-level minutes for them, giving them legitimate contributions. And then like RJ Davis turns into this legitimate 20-point-a-game guy with love out. I mean, what have you seen from this Carolina team from last year to this year? And just where do you think they stand in terms of a real threat to potentially win it all? I mean, the difference from last year, again, like I think we mentioned it when we talked about Arizona and the Caleb Love, R.J. Davis split. There seemed to be some animosity there. Once you remove that, you know, the team can move forward. The, the, the camaraderie around the team can move forward. I think Armando Baycott coming back as well um, really solidifies inside 
uh, for, for North Carolina. And then RJ Davis has just been on a tear lately. I mean, he's averaging almost 22 points a game at the moment. You know, when you have a solid guard and you have a solid inside guy, things can happen for you in college basketball. And then you fill in the gaps, you know, kind of like that North Carolina, the last Carolina title team, you know, really good guards, really good inside guy. You, you had Brady Manick and um, the guard escapes me. Marcus Page. Is that right? Or am I thinking too um, far back? Well, that that team, well, they had like the Marcus Page team was, you know, him and, uh, you know, like the Kennedy Meeks and the. Uh, Okay, I'm uh, thinking Bryce way Johnson. Too far back then. Oh my goodness, so many yeah. good guards have come through there. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, I don't no, remember yeah. who was at the moment, but I mean, it it feels a little similar to that. You know, they use the transfer portal effectively, um, and and I gotta say, Hubert Davis needed a ba- bounce back season after yeah, yeah. you know what you said was an absolute disaster last season, and it was. Yes. You know, uh, whatever happened inside there, the rumors you know swirled around. They just, they seem like they just couldn't accomplish anything. And Armando Baycott was banged up uh, for most of the season. He played hurts, but, and you could tell that he was playing hurt. You know, now that he's healthy, he's averaging 14 and 10 in 30 minutes on the floor, plus almost two blocks a game. I mean, you can't ask for anything more, you know? So, I mean, it's impressive stuff from North Carolina. And they, they, they do have the ingredients. To possibly make a good run at it, but I am a bit concerned about them, especially. Fair. I don't know. They play good defense. Their offense is pretty good, but you just never know. You just never know. Well, here here's the thing that I think is really interesting about Carolina that I'm just really we're not going to really know until they get to the NCAA tournament. Do you? No, well, did you look up when Carolina last made a tournament, 21 and 22, what their seed was last year? Or the year, the last year they made the NCAA tournament? I think it was like an eight or a nine, wasn't it? Then on the money, it's an eight seed. Hubert okay. Davis has never made it higher than an eight seed. When you're an eight seed, and I think you'll agree with this, you have a little more freedom. You know that you're a tournament team. Yeah. But yeah. you have more freedom. People are kind of looking at you as, well, you we don't know. It's kind of tricky. They're talented, but who's to say? You know, maybe they get hot, maybe they don't. And this year, it's it's very much looking like Carolina is going to have a target on the back for the first time in Hubert Davis's head coaching career. You know, they are going to be a team that people are not going to just sit there and snooze around. Projected to be a two seed, right? Not to mention. According to the bracket, you know where they'd be playing their games, Bryce? Charlotte, North Carolina. Oh, well. Home cooking. Yeah, that'll help. If they handle it right, home cooking to the Sweet 16. So Carolina is a team that, I mean, obviously, when I think of them, I think of national championships, long-term success. But I'm with you on Hubert. This has to be, I mean, they really got to capitalize this team. They have experience. They, they have, I mean, I, I agree with you on RJ Davis. He's a very good player and he's experienced in big moments, which is an advantage that most teams are just not going to be able to offer. And I mean, Bart Baycott's been around the game for five years. I mean, guys like that are the type of guys I want to have leading my team to a championship. And they have that, you know, and obviously it's going to be interesting down the stretch. You know, the ACC, there's a lot of team, you know, there's a group of five, six teams that can really, and that will attempt to get that conference championship when you look at teams like Wake Forest, Virginia on the bubble, um, you know, Clemson kind of, uh, that are going to be, you know, fighting for that conference tournament. I, I think Carolina really needs to come into this tournament hot. And, and I, I think they have the most pressure, Bryce, to win this conference tournament. I think Carolina really needs to get it done, put themselves uh, comfortably on the two line, or if, if an upset happens, you know, maybe uh, a team that's projected into that conversation loses early. Can Carolina take advantage? They're the type of team to me that will benefit from staying hot. Don't don't cool down any second. Keep the reps going here. Interesting. I, I agree with you. I, but he, 
I counter with a couple things. One, I think Hubert Davis had a lot of pressure on him last season for this team to perform. Being a team that made the Final Four, they were ranked very high in the AP poll, and the and yeah. they folded. They've yeah. already seen. He's already seen the bad the bad part of this, right? Yeah. But we haven't seen it in the tournament, so that's where I agree with you. But I kind of disagree with you at the same time. Hmm. And the second thing is North Carolina is battle tested. They are six and two against ranked opponents this season. Pretty, pretty, and those two good. ranked opponents that they lost to Caleb was UConn. They lost yeah. to them by 11 and they lost to Kentucky. Now these were back-to-back games. Huh. So there was a two, two game stretch here. Um, you know, their other losses include Villanova by two. That's a bad loss in my opinion. Clemson, who is a tournament team, projected yeah. right now to be a five seed, they yeah. split with Clemson, um, and then they lost to Syracuse, which is a bad loss. But other yeah. than that, they, they've handled business. They beat Duke already. They beat Oklahoma. They beat Clemson, as I mentioned earlier. They beat Arkansas, which, you know, they've turned into a disaster. Oh. They beat Tennessee. Which is a yeah. good one. Like yeah, they, good. they have quality wins. They have they've been good at home. They've lost one game at home, but they've been good on the road, Caleb. Seven and two. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing to sneeze. Yeah. Nothing to sneeze at. Seven and two. Strong. It's impressive stuff. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. They're look, they're a team that I think has a chance to do it. Um I, I'm just I'm curious to see where they where they go down the stretch. I mean they're they're it seems like they are, you know, finding a groove here. Um, the other team, Bryce, that's, you know, finding a groove, obviously, they did lose to Wake Forest, but this Duke Blue Devil team, before they lost to Wake Forest, was absolutely on fire. I mean, they were they were on fire. I mean, since December 9th, all the way up to their game against Wake Forest on February 24th, has lost two games in that stretch, defeating teams like Baylor, Beating teams in the ACC at home, which again, you could argue that the ACC is not very good, but when you were winning 16 of 18 games, something is clicking right. Uh, Bryces is a younger Luke Blue Devil team. Uh, they do have some freshmen, uh, but you know, they got guys like Filipowski to come back, you know, and obviously, you know, talked on earlier, huge talent. Mark Mitchell inside, a guy that they brought back. Um, it's got a mix of young core and a steady guy like Jeremy Roach, who's, who's, been a part of this team for quite a long time. What have you seen from uh, John Shire's group this year? Well, I mean, they they kind of uh, they kind of know who their guys are. Like uh, we were big Roach guys last season. Yeah. Uh, so I still am still like Jeremy Roach a lot. Um, Phil Powski seems like he's gotten better, um, and I like Tyrese Proctor a lot too. Mm-hmm. I like him. Uh, I think I think when you have good guard play, you can you can really do something, um, especially in the tournament. But I mean, there is a little cause for concern with Duke. You know, I think, you know, we we were kind of banking on Filipowski to be the guy for them in the tournament last season. We kind of had a little we yeah. kind of put him up on a pedestal again. You know, we kind of thought thought that they were flying under the radar and they could sneak in and uh, that got shut down. And they showed down. Uh, I can't remember who beat them. Who beat Tennessee? Them Tennessee didn't. They? Tennessee. And yeah. and they just they just bodied. They they bodied Filipowski. That's a, that's what they they were physical with him. And I think I kind of see the same thing again. Like if you are physical with him, yeah, you you have a chance. You have a chance. So yeah. they're really gonna have to they're really gonna have to be efficient offensively uh, to win if they move deeper into the tournament. I mean, Duke is not a bad team uh, by any stretch of imagination. They have the eighth-ranked offense, uh, and they're they're a top twenty-five defensive team. So, and that that will help you take you decently far. You know, if you, if if the defense holds up. Yeah. But I mean, Caleb. But yes, you said Duke was hot. But look at who they played. Notre Dame, Boston College, Wake Forest, Florida State, Miami. Then you lose again. Then you lose to Wake Forest. Like they're not as battle tested as UNC. Uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. This is a talented team, but 
I think probably their best win is Baylor at the moment. And they still have North Carolina to play the last game of the regular season, so we'll see. But Baylor's win, you know, and I don't know how much stock you put into that one. You know, I don't know. You kind of want to see it win. Yeah, better game than that. I I think Baylor. It's a solid win. Um, You know, they've kind of been in that top. 20, 20, you know, top 10, 20 pretty much all year. But yeah, I agree. They're probably not as battle tested as Carolina. Um, if Duke was able to beat Carolina at home, does that change the needle for you at all? I think, I think it would be a good win, a good momentum win going into the ACC tournament and into March Madness. Yeah. I, um, I have a tough time. I mean, I, yeah, I, I, I don't have issues with that. I think if, uh, you know, look, they're, they're going to be one of those teams that, you know, last year they came in hot. This year, conference may not be so strong. You know, how can they be push tested? Currently on the three seed, um, I do think that's a tough three seed. I think that's a really, really hard three seed. If that's the case, I mean, that's that's not a team that uh, you know I'm eager to play uh, in, a, in a in a Sweet Sixteen ish type of battle. Uh, so it, it'll be. Uh, I'll just be curious to see where they end up, where the stacks put them at. Next up, a team that's currently on the bubble, Bryce, uh, Virginia. Virginia was um, not great for certain stretches in the year. Um, but the one thing that they've been consistently good at is winning at home. They're 14-2 and two at home this year. Um, problem is they've lost two in a row. They got absolutely killed by Virginia Tech. They got beat by Carolina. They have to go at Duke at some point. Um, you know, Bryce, this is a Virginia team from about the middle of January to the beginning of February up to the 10th, riding a pretty strong win streak, um, about eight game win streak. But now you've lost three of your last four. Um, I mean, look, Tony Bennett, if I want to coach defense, it's hard to find a better coach than Tony Bennett on defense. Absolutely. Absolutely. But. <laughs> I don't, I don't like saying this, but I feel like I have to. I think he's a one-year wonder. I think I, he's a one-year wonder. Yeah. And I don't like saying it because I don't know if it's the most logical thing to say. I mean, you look at what he's done. You know, he's, he's had it some, some teams that have gotten into the tournament. High-level seeds, but uh, some of them have not done anything, right? But mm-hmm. the year that they had the tournament, Rice, they had... Three NBA level perimeter scores. You know, mm-hmm. Malcolm Brogdon, Kyle Guy, and DeAndre Hunter, and all three of them bought into what they were doing and were all pretty good defenders for the most part. Mm-hmm. And Kyle Guy, you can make a debate on, but Malcolm Brogdon and DeAndre Hunter were very good defenders. Um, mm-hmm. It feels like Tony Bennett has kept the same style, but to an extent, with the way college basketball is moving, you have to have some pop in your offense. You you can't just be a team that is just so disciplined on defense and expect to win big. And, and I, I mean, they're on the bubble right now. And if you ask me right now, do I think they're going to make the tournament? My answer right now is, is no. I think they'll slip themselves out of the field here unless they can pick this one up at Duke, uh, which will be a difficult test. Yeah, this is uh, th- they have an abysmal offense. They are ranked 191st in offense. It's it's oh, abysmal. It's abysmal. But they have a top 10 defense. So if their defense can lock down and they can make it a low scoring game, like typically when you when you look at a Virginia game, Virginia is scoring like in the 60s, you know, pretty, hmm. yep. pretty consistently. So if they can keep, you know, a team down, you know, they have a chance. But I mean, this is this is all I feel like this entire team is based off of Reese Beekman. He does everything for them. Yeah. Scores, assists, uh, steals. He does. He leads the team in so many of these categories. And I just don't think you have enough from other guys. I think you take Beekman out of the game. There's no way. There's no way that there's no way. There's no way you survive. I'm I'm with you. I and I, I it's interesting. I study in this game. I was like, and I watched him play um, 
this weekend and or this last weekend. And I was sitting, you know, watching him against Carolina. And I was thinking to myself, like, I mean, I know he's probably not going to get it, but he has an interesting appeal for ACC player of the year. Sure. I mean, you can't, you, you, you talk, you are right. You watch him play. He's just all over the place. I mean, he is, he's all over the place, making tons of plays, having to do tons of things. His role is, I mean, he's full. His role is full. There's no doubt about it. Um, you know, and then guys like Ryan Dunn, who are just all over the place, averaging three blocks a game uh, as a six, eight guard. I mean, the dude just or two blocks a game, pardon. I mean, he, he gets after it on the defensive end, but I, I just think this Virginia team, they're going to have to find their offense here down the stretch. I mean, and it's again, the road is the road has killed them. I mean, they're four and five on the road. I mean, you can win at home. That's that's a nice thing to have. And you're going to need to do that down the stretch here. But we're about to not get into a place where that exists. Home games will not probably exist. And that's where uh, that's that's my trouble with Virginia and where I kind of see them uh, not in the picture. Uh, the Clemson Tigers. Let me first off say this, Bryce. Let me say this. Let me say this. Brad Brownwell. Uh, you Evans uh, and Evansville, uh, Evansville native. I uh, love what you're doing uh, for the eight one two. I do, I do. You're uh, you're an Evansville legend uh, in my heart, in my mind. Uh, but I'm really, really, really going to fade your team in the NCAA tournament. They Absolutely. are, they, they are, they, they. I mean, I don't, I really don't want to do it. I mean, I've liked Clemson, I've liked Clemson a lot of years, and and, and, and the way that they played. I mean. I don't know if you were, uh, you remember that Trevor Booker team, uh, but I, uh, oh, yeah. I thought that oh, team yeah. was a very good Clemson team under Brownwell, uh, or sorry. Well, I guess it wouldn't have been under Brownwell, uh, maybe Anderson, but uh, Clemson, Clemson is currently in a really good spot, right? They, they have come in, you know, since their game against the blue devils on the 27th, they've lost three games in a row, including a, a winning a a Carolina game at Carolina that Bryce mentioned earlier is a pretty solid win to have on your resume. PJ Hall is a very, very good player. He's going to match up with one of your best players. I don't have any, I don't have any if, ands, or buts on that. But Bryce, when I watch this Clemson team, this is eye test specifically. I understand the numbers could be backing me in certain, you know, backing against me in certain ways. I just, I don't see it. I don't, I don't, I don't see it. I don't, I don't see. I mean, there are five. I mean, I got a I very tough time high. not taking a 12 over a five. I mean, I they were hot in the preseason. Um, you know, what they kind of remind me of your, your college. You know what they kind of remind me of? I texted a friend this the other day. Oh, they remind okay. me of Kentucky football. They, they get off to incredible. They get, they get, well, they get incredible starts this season. Yeah. They, they, you know, normally when they're good, they get incredible stars of season. And granted, there's still some really strong wins in here. Mm-hmm. At Alabama, at Alabama, it's a strong win right now. And you look at what Alabama's doing. South Carolina, nobody thought that game was going to be all that great because of South Carolina's play. South Carolina is absolutely an NCAA tournament team, Bryce. We'll talk about mm-hmm. the SEC next week. They're they're a tournament team, you know. But you look at some of these losses: Miami, Virginia Tech, Georgia Tech. I mean, I just, they, they got me pausing, man. They got me pausing. And uh, I'm not sure if I'm loving this Tigers team coming into March. I think they got to get hot uh, to prove me otherwise. Um, though I do think they got some nice talent. Yeah, totally agree with you. I mean, it was, they are kind of an average team. Like they, like their, their offense isn't bad, but defend, defensively, like they are average. They are mid, you know, I don't think Joseph Gerard the third does it for me at, at the guard spot. You know, PJ Hall's a nice player, but we've seen bigs, you know, teams that I are led by that. their bigs just yeah. get bounced. You know, they have a plan yeah. for them. Yeah. And I mean, you kind of have to be if, if, if your team is going to be led by a big like a, a big's going to be your best player. Right. We saw it with Purdue last season. But think about, I mean, other teams that we've seen, even mid-majors, where their big guy is their guy. They score well, they rebound well, and they pass the ball well. P.J. Hall, he scores the ball well, he rebounds pretty well, 
but he's not a passing big man. <laughs> and I think that's what you kind of have to be in order to lead, you know, to be the star player and have a deep run in March. That's what you have to have. And I just don't think it's there. The highest Hall has ever gotten in the assist column this season four. Um, yeah. You know, and I'm not, not saying, cut it. and I'm not saying you got to be a six, six guy. Uh, no, if you show like just a little a flash or two, maybe you get teams thinking differently. Um, but I, I just, look, you know, for me, it's Gerard. I'm with you. I'm not in love as my lead guard. It, to me, it's got to be Chase Hunter for them. Um, figuring out the shot, 34% from three, a 12-point game score. I think he gives them a dynamic. Uh, that I like for them. Uh, and I think that they could really use uh, some athleticism at the guards, you know, some athleticism at the guard spot. Uh, I'm just not sure how much stock I can really put in to this team. And, and, and maybe that's just, you know, is it due to the ACC being bad? I, I think it's a part of it, but I, I don't, you know, but I do think this team is an NCAA tournament team. I also just feel like it's like a little, they're just rated a little higher than I would expect. They're just rated a little higher than I'd expect. Um, next up, Wake Forest, Bryce, you mentioned it. Big win against Duke. Here's the problem. <laughs> Here's the problem. As soon as they get the big win against them, you lose to Notre Dame. <laughs> Pretty much, in my personal opinion, they're not making the tournament. If you, if you lose, you cannot lose to Notre Dame. I mean, look, I, I I will give them credit. They played that game like it was a game they had to win, and that's exactly what it was. They were favored to win that game, and they played that game like it. Hunter Salas, talk about a transformation. Kid from Gonzaga, five-star level talent. As he goes into Wake Forest this season and looks like a legitimate guard, uh, they've got a lot of depth in, a, in numerous spots, Bryce. they got multiple double-digit scores. This team can score. Um, but I mean, some of these losses are concerning and they are going to live a life in the bubble where literally any game they play, they got to win. And the part that I think scary Bryce is how can you trust them? I mean, what's the trust level you, you, you losing, you know, some of these games that they're losing, you just. You can't lose. Yeah, I mean, I get it. For you know, Duke was a solid team, right? Seventy-seven, six-nine. You lose at Duke, Virginia. You lose forty-nine to forty-seven. But how can you feel comfortable about them down the stretch? I, I would not feel comfortable at all that they're going to take care of business. That Clemson game at the end of the season would scare the crap out of me. Oh yeah. Well, well here's the thing, Caleb. Let me let me let me tell you why you're not going to trust them. Fifteen and zero at home. Two and eight on the road this season. Would you like to know who their two road wins came against? Go ahead. They came at Boston College and at Georgia Tech. Bottom feeding teams of the ACC. Those are your two road wins all season. That's not great. Look, respect respect for defending home court. No disrespect there. No disrespect. But, sure. but I'm going to put you in a tournament away from your home court. What are you going to do? Are you going to fold like a cheap lawn chair? If that's a question. I mean, it's a, it's a big year for that program. I mean, they, they haven't shown a ton of light, honestly, uh, last handful of years. This is the first time that it feels like that they've shown some light and uh, they're, they're going to have to, they're going to have to show up. There's no, there's no doubt about it. Um, you know, I, they're going to have to have a big tournament run in the ACC, in my opinion. And I'm not saying that's out of the realm for them, but something they're going to, they're going to need a little bit of a spark here. Um, didn't touch on Syracuse, Pittsburgh, Florida state, NC state, Florida state. They suck. Shot. Yeah. Well, I Florida state's, um, last couple of years, really, um, not sure what's going on there. Leonard Hamilton, a coach I really like, uh, but, uh, and seem like the pads are crossing a new era for Bayheim. Uh, currently, the Qs are uh, 19 and 10 overall, but it, it doesn't look like uh, a pathway is there for them. Similar to uh, Wake Forest, price 14 and 2 at home, 3 and 6 on the road. 
Uh, I mean, the, the conference, as, as you mentioned, is, is not going to be as deep as it's been in the past. Um, now, granted, they've had teams make runs before. Who's to say that does not happen again? Uh, but the, 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 the chance for that seems slimmer just because, frankly, there isn't as many teams uh, coming into the ACC, to, you know, from the ACC into the NCAA tournament, uh, like, you know, what feels like most years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Next up, we got the uh, we got we got mid major action, uh, mid major players that we're uh, we're going to dive into here, uh, you know, and it's we're all over the map. All right, I mean, we'll we'll talk we'll talk the top we'll talk the teams currently projected into the top twenty five. We might talk some teams a little bit outside. It. Uh, we've got a little creative poll uh, that we've got going on here. Um, a couple teams we've mentioned before, you know, that I've talked about before that I don't want to have to, don't want to get into this time, at least from my end. First team I want to start off with, Bryce, you and I have talked about this conference. Mountain West Conference is, you know, really yeah. competing their yes. butts off this year. Yeah, they I are. Mean, they, I, now, I mean, obviously there's a question of what is it sustaining, right? We've seen some, yes. I mean, first off, San Diego State, you know, making that final four getting to the national championship game. I do think that validates the mountain West to some extent. I mean, if you're, if you're able to do that, you're able to put some noise in for the mountain West, like they have, I will respect that. But this is a conference that has a lot of extremely solid teams. Utah state is a team that I don't think anyone really thought, you know, the explosion of this team would have happened this year. Currently they're 12 and one, seven and four on the road. Um, they're two. They're two and zero oh against teams in the AP poll this season. Um, the conference is a juggernaut. I just, but in general, this is a team that stuck out um, because I mean they they have really made some noise compared to preseason expectation. And I'm just curious to see what it looks like come March. You know, how does this Mountain West schedule, which seems to be extremely strong, how does this Mountain West schedule uh, impact where they might fare in the term? Yeah, I mean, you kind of seem spread out right now. They're projected to have six teams currently. Uh, I mean, which is, I mean, more than ACC. Comparative, yeah, I mean, it's more than ACC. It's more than the Big East. It's more than the Pac-12. Uh, more than the A-10. I mean, it's it's impressive to have these many these teams in here. Now we've seen success from Mountain West teams before. We think about San Diego State last season, obviously. You know, I think uh, I think Utah State, you know, they've made some noise in the tournament before. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. Nevada, we've seen that. I mean, we've seen them kind of come in and kind of, you know, do a little damage, if you will, bust some brackets. And I think they could be set up for that as well, just having that many teams in the tournament. Um, now, I mean, some of them, you know, they're going to draw some interesting matchups. Like you're going to have to make some tough choices. You I know what agree. I mean? Yeah. Um, but I don't be surprised if one, you know, makes a deep run again. I mean, San Diego State, again, another another top 10 defense year for them. It's again kind of like last season, you're concerned yeah. about the offense, but they found a way to do it, you know. So I mean, these are the things that you got to think about. Boise State, you know, a decent defensive team, decent offensive team. You know, maybe they'll be able to do something, but for the most part. When it, they're not gonna blow, you, they're not gonna jump off the page at you with their efficiency on either end of the court. They're just, they're good enough to beat these teams, beat up on each other, and if you mess around, you're gonna find out essentially. So you yeah. can't take them lightly. No, no. I mean, and you look at some of the matchup projections for them. I can be convinced they win a lot of these games. I mean, sure, sure. I mean, like it's not. I mean, I, I mean, you look at a Colorado State against a Wake Forest. You look at a New Mexico and uh, Richie Pitino against uh, BYU. Uh, you look at you know Boise State against Florida Atlantic. I mean, you're right. Um, these are games that are going to get your head spinning a little bit. You know, make you like, oh, you know, is this the right place? Is this a good bad? Is this not a good bad? Is this a strong play or whatever? Um, I look. I think with the Mountain West this year and how deep it is, I think I kind of want to see what happens at the end of the season. Would not shock me 
if the Mountain West has two teams in the Sweet 16. Oh, okay. okay. It would not stun me. I'm not saying I'm locking that in. Obviously, there's draws and things like that. But it would not shock me. I mean, it's a lot of depth in this conference. It really is. Mm-hmm. There's over one, two, three. There's six teams in this conference with 20 wins. Six teams in this conference with 20 wins. Six teams in this conference with 10 or more wins at home. Mm-hmm. And about six teams over 500 on the road. It's good basketball. Period. That's good basketball. That's I good agree. basketball. I mean, like, let's, let's stop getting into the analytics. I mean, here's a fact. They're beating their teams when they're supposed to beat them. They're taking care of business when they protect them at home. And they're making teams have to work for it. Mountain West, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm going I'm to uh, give them my props. Meanwhile, a conference that has not been getting the props as they have in recent years, the West Coast Conference, St. Mary's Gales at 23 and 6, are ranked 17th in the conference. Meanwhile, Gonzaga, the team that teams that, you know, that everybody kind of always sees at the top of their brackets as a number one seed, number two seed, number three seed, has just kind of been slowly, I guess, figuring themselves out. They're starting to get hot again. It seems like St. Mary's and Gonzaga will find a way to both get in the NCAA tournament. Where do we stand on these two teams that, frankly, you always see in the tournament? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <sighs> well, Gonzaga is not what they were by any I agree with that. the imagination. I agree. They, I, I will say this. They, they can put up, they can put up points and they're very efficient offensively. Defensively, yeah, that was, I, I think that was, uh, they're not as strong. Definitely not as no. strong. No. Um, St. Mary's, you know, when was the last time we saw St. Mary's actually win the conference? It's got to be, a, it's got to be a while. Wild. Honestly. Wild. So, I mean, this is kind of like, uh, it's kind of like the Washington Generals beating the Harlem Globetrotters. <laughs> you <know>? Yeah. <laughs> you, you rarely see it. Yeah. Uh, but, but, but they did it. Um, I, Honestly, you can fade both of them for me, Caleb. I, I, Gonzaga is a bubble team. They're a bubble team. I, I agree. I agree. You can, I'm, I'm on. I'm not, I'm not, I, that's what side I'm on. I'm on a yeah, bubble uh, side. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. Uh, if you're a bubble team, that means something. I mean, yeah. we've seen bubble teams, you know, win their play-in game, then maybe win one or two more games. Like, we've seen it. But I just, I, I, don't, I don't trust it. I don't think this team is that good. Um, I, you know, I thought they might have something, you know, getting them hard to transfer there, kind of following in the footsteps of his brother, but it, it's really just not enough for me. It, it's just not enough. I, I don't think they have the personnel for it. And St. Mary's, what, what are they? They're projected a six right now. Yes. You know, it, man, if you get put in a six eleven situation, that's tough. That's always hard right now. That's they'd tough. be facing South Florida. Which South Florida, I haven't had a chance to watch up to us this year, but they're yeah. first in the American. South Florida's I, I, first in the American. Um, I, you know, South Americans, you know, I mean, Houston left the American, but for the most part, you know, look, I think a lot of people projected Florida Atlantic to be first in that conference. Mm-hmm. South Florida's currently in, in a good, you know, they got to be feeling good about where they are uh, in terms of getting an automatic qualifier if they keep ca- taking care of business. They're in. They're probably in the conversation to make the NCAA tournament. I mean, if you handle the rest of the regular season well, so you win one or two games in the tournament, you know they might be higher than eleven. Who knows? But I agree. I wouldn't want to be in that six eleven range if I'm St. Mary's. Um, St. Mary's typically always finds itself there. Uh, you know, last couple. I mean, I think they you know, they they killed Indiana one year in a twelve five. Uh, it feels like they're always in those type of matchups, and uh, mm-hmm. they're going to have to prove it again. Uh, they want to, you know, get to the next level. Bryce, you touched on this conference earlier. Um, I'll be honest, this is a conference I'm I'm kind of fascinated with down the stretch. Uh, the A10. Uh, mm. There's four teams in the A10 currently at double digit wins in their conference. Three teams at 20. Um, VCU 19. Um, it feels like. Uh, it's, it's likely, I mean, well, I shouldn't say that if they, they go at Richmond, their next game, they have a tough stretch. They go at Richmond at Dayton's so maybe 20 wins might be, yeah, but 
point being, this this conference projected a couple teams in the tournament. They're they're projected the Flyers. The Dayton Flyers have been, I feel like, the brand right now. They've kind of been yeah. hanging in the top twenty five pretty much all year, um, and they're a team I really like. I mean, I I really like. Uh, I think Holmes is as good as any front court player you can find at college basketball. Twenty points a night, eight rebounds, fifty five percent from the floor. A beast. They got multi. They, they got guys. They, they got they got multiple guys who can score. They have decent depth on their team. Um, you know that's kind of the name brand. Loyola Chicago, yes, Loyola Chicago. Uh, they are moving <laughs> from the Missouri Valley into the A10 with uh, Valentine at the helm. And, and again, similar, uh, four guys, five guys, eight points or above. Balance is kind of there for this team. Uh, they even got uh, Norris, uh, who was around for a couple of those NCAA tournament runs. Yeah, he was. And then uh, oh, the Richmond Spiders uh, are currently first in the conference. But the interesting part is they're not projected to be an NCAA tournament team, though they are projected to be the first seed in the Athletic Den Conference. Bryce, what, what do you think of this? What seems to be four to five really solid teams to where, and when you're in this situation, I feel like as a mid-major conference, it's a good thing and a bad thing. Some years, if you're in this position, it might hurt you because you might only get one or two because then people might think the conference is mid. But then the problem is you look at the national scheme and you're like, okay, the ACC, are they like this year? Uh, you know, what are some of these high majors like? They're not taking up as much field. A10, depending on how they finish the rest of the season and depending on how the tournament goes, I think they're a team we could be looking at more than two teams coming out of this this conference to to be in the NCAA tournament. And, that's, and there's been a long time since A10 did that. I mean, typically, you look at St. Joseph's with, with DeAndre Bembry or VCU with Shaka Smart. They had multiple teams in those years. Currently, the A10 has two, and I kind of think they might have a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, they've certainly proven worthy to have more than just two teams, you know, that they're kind of projected at the moment. Yeah, I mean, and those are those are teams that have traditionally had some success in the tournament, some things that you can't forget. So, yeah, I mean, it is going to be a mad dash to the end of the season for all these teams, like every game from here on out for each of those, you know, for the two that are kind of on the bubble of potentially making the tournament are going to be huge. And, but but I think all all four teams that are kind of competing for a spot here, you know, obviously they all want to make it. One's going to get an automatic bid, but can you get at large bids? Can you potentially get an at large bid? You know, that's so, the debate. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be super interesting. Like to just to mix things up, I'd love to see four teams from from the A10 get in. I don't know that there are six Big Ten teams that deserve to be in the I tournament agree. this season. I agree. I, I mean, we're going to talk about them next, I think next week. Yeah, yeah. we'll do yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll so we're Big gonna, Ten next week. Yeah, we're going to talk about Big Big Ten next week. So, I mean, there's no way that I think that there's six, six teams. I'm with you. They should make it from there. I'm with you. I, I, so, I mean, we'll see, but I don't know, Caleb. I don't, I don't know. They're the conference. They're the conference that can take advantage of a situation like that. You look at. I mean, let's look at Wisconsin, Wisconsin, you know, against Indiana yesterday. You can't lose. If you're Wisconsin, you have to pick that win up. I understand. That's a quad two, quad three loss. That's not yeah. a great loss. Um, yeah. Michigan State, should they be in the NCAA tournament conversation? I would Probably say no. Probably not. Probably not. Um, They've been so inconsistent. Yeah. I mean, that's just a couple right there. Cuts down to four like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you're right. Easily. I think there it's a there's there's definitely that conference has could benefit if things play right, and I would argue should benefit if teams like Michigan State could not take care of business in the conference tournament or have another bad loss or you know things of that nature. Uh, not necessarily, um, yeah, not necessarily how I would project it. Um, 
Then I'll, I mean, we, we could talk a little bit more, Bryce. Do you have any more um, mid-major teams that, uh, oh, that man, stick I out for you that we haven't them. touched? I want to save them. Okay. You want to save them. Fair enough. I, um, there's one team I really want to shout out, but I'm going to save it. You're right. We're going to try to keep it. I have one. Deck. Yeah, I know. And I got to save it. We got to save I'm, it. I, I have one. I'm going to save it. Yeah, we got to save it. I mean, it sucks. I mean, it's not because we don't want you listeners to know it. We'll talk we about gotta it. Keep you coming back for more. But yeah, we got to keep. Yes. Yes. I it's fun to do these. It is fun to do. Oh, these yeah. Because oh, yeah. Here's the fact. Here's the fact. I mean, we talk. I talked about it previewing this pod. The fact is mid-majors in college basketball have more of an opportunity to do something in the tournament. It's just a fact. And it's mm-hmm. one of those things where, you know, and especially this season when the quality of play in the high majors is not as strong and you have years where the mid-majors are as strong or if not stronger, it just makes for interesting dialogue and interesting research when it comes to teams potentially making work. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm so excited. It's coming fast. We're going to talk is. about more next week. It is. Great. And, um, you know, next, next week we got a, um, Bryce mentioned it. We'll do SEC the following. We'll do Big Ten. Okay. Uh, okay. We'll do Big Ten. I got ahead Big of Ten. myself. Big Ten emphasis. Okay. Big Ten emphasis next week. But it's fine. It is what it is. Uh, Big Ten. You know, we get the Midwest love in here. I mean, uh, we got Purdue currently protected on the one line. Uh, Northwestern, Nebraska. A couple teams that come to mind for NCAA tournaments that we didn't touch on. We'll talk about kind of where we feel like they stand. Um, you know, so we'll get back into some higher majors and then sooner rather than later. Tournament, conference tournaments, conference tournaments, pretty much all day basketball. You get up in the morning. Oh, shoot. You're Let's number go. one seed in the Southern Conference. Oh, 1130 at night. You're three seed in the West, uh, uh, West Coast. I mean, it's it's uh it's pretty, it pretty much goes everywhere, but, uh, I mean, yeah, that's what a lot of, that's, that's what I like about it. Certainly, uh, it's fun to watch. It's, uh, entertaining throughout the season. So, right. So once again, thank you for, uh, coming on Wednesday. Thanks, man.